Welcome to Thrive Beyond Pornography, the podcast where real couples like us candidly navigate the journey to a healthier, more connected life. Join us as we share personal experiences, expert insights, and practical tips to help you thrive in your relationships and break free. Together, let's repair and build a rock-solid connection, becoming a couple that can overcome any challenge. I'm Zach. And I'm Darcy. Did you know that pornography doesn't have to destroy you or your marriage? We're the parents of eight active members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and we love to help people just like you. We're here to share hope and healing as we take you through our journey and the journeys of our amazing clients to greater joy and love. Come grow with us to a happier, more meaningful life. Welcome Welcome to to the the Self Mastery Podcast. Podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another beautiful Mastery Monday here on the Self Mastery Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Spafford, and today I'm joined by Darcy. Hey. Hi. How you doing? I'm great. Yeah? Happy Sunday. Yes. Yeah? Did you have a good church day? That's what our kids call it. Is it church day today? (laughs) (laughs) We're like, uh, yeah. Yeah, most people just call it Sunday, but our kids are And if anyone wears anything that's like a dress then they're like, is it church day? Yeah. (laughs) If we dress up slightly, our kids think it's church day all the time. All the time. So today we're going to talk about accountability partners. Are you excited about that? Absolutely. Yeah. This is a subject that comes up actually pretty regularly. Um, And there is often in marriages and in the addiction model of pornography use this question of, well, what about my accountability partner? And often we ask this because we're seeking to have someone who will struggle through this with us and help us in those intense moments where we are, you know, we're believing the lies that our brain is telling us. And if you want to talk, you know, listen to what your, the lies are that your brain tells you, you know, go back to that episode and listen to it. But, and, and we're also, you know, struggling and we, we, our brain is telling us that we don't want to feel bad and, how pornography will help solve that immediate and acute struggle. And as I was talking about this with a client this week, I urged him, I was talking about, you know, the lies his brain was telling him and what it was offering him. And I urged him to use the plan ahead protocol that we teach in our individual coaching and in our memberships. And I, I also encouraged him to be radically honest with the people around him. And in particular, his mother, because I think that person is kind of the closest person in his, um, you know, in his circle, he doesn't have a girlfriend right now that I know of, and he, you know, is not married. So I thought, you know, and he lives with his mom. So I thought, you know, be honest with your mom about what's going on. And his response to me prompted this podcast. He said, my mom struggled through my dad's drug addictions as his accountability partner, and it isn't really willing to do that for me. She said, I needed to do this one on my own. And her story was one of being crushed by the overwhelming burden of being the person who is supposed to help someone do something and having absolutely no control or influence over that person's behavior. Have you, does that sound familiar to you at all? Absolutely. Yeah. And she didn't want to be responsible for her son in the way that she had been, you know, quote unquote, responsible for her husband all those years. What's the difference between having an accountability partner and being accountable to yourself while being open about our struggles? And that's really, I think, what we want to talk about today. The traditional role of that accountability partner, the way that it was explained to me and the way I interpreted it was that, you know, they were the person you checked in with regularly and they measured your progress. You called them when there was a crisis. 
And, you know, they were the person who was, you know, going to talk you down from the ledge and convince you to stop and try to, you know, interrupt your model and get you back on the straight and narrow path. Sounds good, right? Yeah. And I remember from our days in the 12-step meetings that there were pretty much one or two accountability partners in the entire group. Yeah, it was always the, like... The facilitator, pretty much. Yeah. It's always the you know the couple guys who had some measure of sobriety. Did you guys have? You didn't really have accountability partners in the women's groups, did you? Not that I remember. No, what, I, I don't know what you'd be accountable for. Maybe just not you know somebody to talk to. I don't know, but it you know let's talk about this. Is this a good idea? Is it a good idea to have that person who, who is you know there to really? you kind of put a lot of the responsibility for what's going on for you in their laps at a moment's notice. Oh, go ahead. I remember in the early years, we had this calendar that hung that we would like mark, you know, what day it was. And if there was a bad day, then, then there would be an X and it would be this whole start over process. And I remember being so discouraged by that calendar. It felt like the doom and gloom calendar to me. Like every like every time anything bad happened, it was square one. Yeah. Starting from scratch. Yeah. And this is I think interesting. Like as a spouse, being that person who you think you have to be accountable to, um, I don't think that's really a very helpful uh framework to work from. Right? When we when we are going to our partner and saying, help me solve this problem. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of times spouses think that it's, hey, let me just give you a quickie and then you won't look at porn. Let's just dispel that myth right now. Absolutely. <laughs> that's, that's not how it works. But I also think, you know, you, when we go to our partner and, and, or our ca- accountability person, and we say to them, hey, I'm in crisis, and I want you to help, I want you to solve this problem for me, is essentially what I think we often do. That really isn't, I don't think, super helpful. A few weeks ago, I was talking to a wife, and she was saying how her husband sometimes comes to her and basically wants her to point out how he went wrong how, what was going on for him and why he turned to pornography instead of figuring it out on his own through self-reflection and personal awareness of, of what's going on for him. Yeah, and that is, I think, the way that it works, right? Until you're 100% responsible for yourself and not asking someone else to be responsible for your behavior, then you're not going to succeed, at this, at this process. And I think there's a difference, you know, and one of the things that we talk about is, you know, the idea of partnering with yourself. And if you desire one, uh, one other person to help you just be honest out loud with what's going on for you. And this is what we talk about as we, we call it a vulnerability partner. And, you know, this person is the person that you're going to go and tell what's happening for you while simultaneously expecting nothing from them. And they aren't there to talk you off the ledge or help you stop or distract you from your problem or your your struggle. They are there to just 
be willing to hear you. And love you and listen to you and and be a friend. And and sometimes that person is our spouse. And in fact, I think when it comes to our marriage, one of the things that has been especially helpful is being able to do that for each other in the, you know, in the struggling portions of our marriage. No marriage is perfect. Every marriage struggles. There are ups and downs and there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. Where we go wrong is when we're unwilling to have that conversation. And when we start being willing to be open and talk openly about our wants and our struggles and our feelings and our joys, you know, we were just having a conversation just, just a few minutes ago about, you know, how, how it's going with raising our kids and how sometimes that is a particular struggle of ours because we do, we, we want so much for them to be happy. We want so much for them to be productive. We want so much for them to help clean the kitchen. <laughs> When they never want to. When they never want to. But just being open and honest and just saying, this is how I'm feeling. This is what's going on for me. And not expecting anybody to solve your problem. And this, to me, this vulnerability, this openness, this is, this is what we're talking about. And this is what I was trying to convey to my client. It was, let, let's not make it her problem. It's not her problem. Let's make it your problem and let's make it so that she understands who you are uh, with his mom in, in, in any way. Any, sorry, in any case. But, you know, when it, when it was just Darcy and I, that was one of, I think, the key components, key moments where, you know, I stopped turning to pornography and I started turning to, to an open, more honest form of communication. That radical honesty that we've talked about uh, I think it was actually last episode, and being willing to say, this is what's going on for me, and not hanging it on somebody else. How how has that changed things for you, Dars? Well, I think for me it's been helpful because I've been able to see who you really are and to get to know you on a more intimate, personal level, but I've also been able to not make it mean anything about what your actions are going to be or not be. So you're let you're letting me have it, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than being like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna intercede, I'm gonna intervene, I'm gonna get in the in between you get in your action line, yeah. as we call it in coaching. I'm gonna get in your action line. I'm gonna try and change what you're doing. Which by the way, when you're a coach and you try to get into somebody's action line, you try to like just tell them what to do, it doesn't usually work out as well as you want it to. And that's, I think, the same as a spouse. How many times have you tried to tell me what to do? A million. (laughs) (laughs) And what's my natural inclination? To rebel and do the opposite. Uh, Yeah, it is. (laughs) Right? And that's that's not a super helpful place. But just, I think, being aware of what's going on for the other person. No, I, I, I... You don't always rebel and do the opposite. That that's not, really not a fair characteristic. But I mean, typically you don't like it if I'm telling you what to do. I mean, I don't think anybody really likes being told what to do by anybody. No, and and that I, I'm not sure that that's really the problem here with with this particular issue, right? When you think about an accountability partner, I don't think that the problem is, hey, this person's telling me what to do. I think the issue becomes 
when we think that we are offloading this burden to somebody else so that they're in charge of it, that's, I think, where we lose the power in owning our, our actions, being responsible, and having agency. And that's a different thing than saying, hey, I, you know, I just want to be open and honest with you and talk to you about what's actually happening with me. We were, talking, we were actually talking about this a little bit in uh, pre- Elder's Quorum today. And I was talking about how <laughs> my, when, when people ask me, how are you doing? What do I always say? I'm living the dream. Living the dream, right? And we say those kinds of things partly to deflect what's really going on from us. We, we don't want to necessarily engage with them on that deeper level. And it, it, it's a deflection. That's really what it is. It's a deflection. It's, you know, it's like I'm fine or I'm having a good day. You know, it's, it's all that sort of same thing that we all... Because we don't want to go around mopey. But if somebody asks me today, how are you really doing? And I might, you know, if I don't feel like I'm having a great day and I trust that person, I'm open with that person, I might say, I don't feel very good today. I, you know, there's something going on for me. And let me tell you how that is turning out. And in talking about that in priesthood, we were, you know, we were talking about um, love, you know, uh, loving those around you, loving uh, the other members of the quorum, that sort of thing. And the truth is, is, you know, we're not very honest. We're not very open with what we do in our in our priesthood uh, quorums. We're not very honest and open with the members of our congregation if that's how we interact with them. Oh, I'm living the dream. Let me show you my best fo- foot forward all the time. And I think that's something that we had in our in our personal relationship, our marriage relationship for a long time was I wouldn't really tell you what was going on for me. Well, and I think for a lot of years, I also wasn't really willing to hear what was going on for you because it it created anxiety in me and it it created a feeling of uncertainty and sometimes um, just uneasiness because I was always worried that if you were feeling negative in any way, shape, or form, that that was going to lead you to to view pornography. And so, to me, your feelings were a threat. Oh, I was threatening you by being sad. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. But I, I, I want all of you who are listening to hear that as a framework that we often bring to our relationships. We, and we work within these frameworks, and we think, well, this is how it's working. This is This is you know, the knight in shining armor kind of framework. One of the, one of, I think our most common frameworks is the knight in shining armor framework, which is I, as the husband, I, you know, I make the bacon or bring home the bacon and I do all of the protecting and I do all of the providing. And then you as the wife, you validate me uh, and tell me that I'm amazing and, uh, you know, and give me sex when I need it. And then I make you feel safe. That's something I do for you, and you make me feel valid. Yeah, for sure. And when that is our framework, I can't really be open with you with what scares me, mm-hmm. with what I'm afraid of, with what I'm frustrated with, with what I'm sad about. Because if I'm open with you, like you said, that creates anxiety in you. Why does that create anxiety in you? Well, because I want you to be that, that strong protector, provider, at all times. And my Prince Charming. Yeah. Get me a horse. 
<laughs> I kind of want to get you a horse. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Uh, if we had, you know, just a couple of horses that we could ride around on. But the idea here is we, if we leave that framework behind and go to a different framework, which is this open, vulnerable framework. And I don't know that I like the term vulnerable. I, I do like open, right? Because being open is me just being in, in a much more radically honest framework with you, right? Let me tell you what's actually happening, not this... Uh, you know, fairy tale version of what I think you want to hear. Yeah, but I think that is vulnerability, right? That is. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I'm not saying that they're they're different. I'm just saying I think sometimes when we think of the word vulnerable, um, I think we have a, like a bit of a negative connotation to it. And when I think of the word open, I, I I feel a lot less negative connotation to that, right? Like if the restaurant is open, we're totally in with that. But if the restaurant is vulnerable, we're like. Do they have cockroaches? <laughs> <laughs> Only in St. George. Right? St. George is full of cockroaches, if you didn't know this. Like, everyone has a bug guy because there are always cockroaches, right? So this, this I think, for my client and, and I think for us, is a learning curve, right? It's this, oh, wait a minute. I'm not supposed to be showing up as a perfect person. I'm supposed to be, or I can be, showing up as a person who just talks about what's happening. Yeah, and, and I think the the problem with the accountability partner is that if you are relying on your accountability partner and then they have a mess up or they fall short of your expectations of, of what a good um, accountability partner is, then that kind of, it's like building your foundation on a sandy on a sandy shore and when the water comes up you know the sand goes out and I feel like that's how it is a lot of times when you have an accountability partner and they struggle with the same thing you struggle with and then they they have a mess up and then then that kind of wipes away your foundation yeah you think and we're, we're speaking from experience right we're speaking from the experience of, of both people we've known uh, acquaintances and, and our own personal experience where the person that we look to that we think this guy's got it. He figured it out. Right. This guy's got it down. Well, he makes a mistake and all of a sudden everybody reevaluates whether or not it's even possible to solve this problem. And that that's really a shaky foundation to put someone in that position to where it's like, yeah, this person, they're going to help me solve this problem just like they solved it. And just be aware of that, it, it, that you're 100% responsible for your behavior. Somebody can give you tools. Somebody can be you know, a listening ear. But at the end of the day, it's 100% your responsibility to implement those tools, act on the information that you've got, and be self-reflective enough to, to figure out, okay, where did I make the mistakes? How could I do it better next time? And let me tell somebody how I'm feeling about this. Be be really real about what's going on. I love that. And I love this this idea. And I hope that for you, if you're out there and you, you have an accountability partner and they're doing great for you, like don't <laughs> please don't like call them up and be like, hey I have to fire you. <laughs> you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> please don't do that. Uh, but if they you know if if this concept makes sense to you, which I, I hope it does, I think you can start using that relationship and interacting with that relationship differently. 
not expecting anything from them except for that they hear what you have to say and you being willing to say, this is what's going on for me out loud. So here are three things that you can do to be more open in your relationships with others. First of all, you're going to have to start by figuring out, you know, what are your feelings? (laughs) It's really hard to be open if you're so unaware of what's going on for you because you've been so good at masking it for all these years that you just aren't even aware of what you're feeling. Yeah, absolutely. And then number two is be willing to feel rejected. And I know that's hard. I know that like sounds like a really terrible thing because people are, people are very adverse to rejection. No one likes to be rejected, but become becoming willing to be rejected, becoming willing to, you know, have somebody tell you that whatever it is you're feeling is not valid or, you know, bothers them or whatever. That is, I think, a prerequisite for the next one, which is, you know, the third one, which is practice, practice telling people what's actually going on for you. You know, I would start with people that you really trust. I wouldn't necessarily walk up to complete strangers and... and I don't know. That'd be kind of interesting in Costco. <laughs> be like, hi, listen, I just want to tell you that I feel like garbage today. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I guess that would be a good experiment for feeling really uncomfortable. Yeah, for feeling really uncomfortable practicing rejection. Yeah. But, I mean, I would, I would start that process by practicing with people that you trust. Um, and, and, not, and, I, and part of this whole thing is, and maybe this is you know, step number four, which is not, not holding it against them no matter what they say. Right? Expecting nothing from them. And when you don't expect anything from them, then you're going to get exactly what you need out of that. And also, I think being willing to be misunderstood or to not have somebody understand why it is that you're feeling that way. I know that there's times when I will tell Zach how I'm feeling and he is like, I don't get it. Like, he really doesn't get it. And he, does, he might not even see it. We had a fantastic example of that this week. Somebody misunderstanding what we were saying. Yeah. And and being able to, you know, work through that, I found quite enlightening. You're not as enlightened on it. I'm still working on it. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. That's awesome. But yeah, I, being willing to be misunderstood, I think that's totally, absolutely valid. Awesome. Hey, you guys, thanks so much for listening. We love you guys. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Self Mastery Podcast. Every day, Darcy and I work with amazing men and women to remove pornography from their lives and relationships. If you're ready to take the next step in your journey, let us help you. Sign up for a consult at zackspafford.com slash workwithme, and you can set up some time for you or your spouse to meet with me or with Darcy, and we can help you get started on your self-mastery journey. Thanks for listening to Thrive Beyond Pornography. If you're seeking guidance and support to overcome pornography for good and begin creating a thriving life beyond it, check out my free webinar, How to Overcome Pornography with Skills That Actually Work. You'll learn practical, proven skills guided by an expert coach who has personally overcome pornography. Whether you're getting started for just yourself or along with your spouse, Darcy and I can teach you the tools that will help you put your life on the right path for you. 
Be sure to check out the show notes for a direct link. And if you could take a moment to leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts, it would mean the world to us. Your reviews play a significant role in helping others discover the show so they can join us on this transformative journey. Thank you for being part of the Thrive Beyond Pornography community. Until our next episode, stay strong, stay focused, and keep thriving.